Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We've got our DraftKings Play of the Week and our King of the Game coming up in the show. Hawks lose 6-5 to the Edmonton Oilers at the United Center in just a absolutely wild and entertaining hockey game. There were 11 goals. There were 20 combined penalties. Uh, it was just chaos from start to finish. And wow. I mean, if you're not entertained by this Hawks team, and look, you know, it's a loss. I guess you can call this a tank win. Um, but man, they are entertaining as hell. They never quit. They compete their asses off. And in this one, you had one dude, number 97, for the Edmonton Oilers saying, I'm going to win this game. And he did it. And that guy, this is my first time. For those that don't know, um, usually at least two of us are at the United Center for the first two periods. Mario came straight here. I went to the UC for the first two periods. It was my first time seeing Connor McDavid in person. And I really tried to isolate on him when he was on the ice. He is freaking unbelievable. I know I'm not saying anything that you never heard before, (laughs) but his 0-60 to is unreal. I've never seen anyone go from not moving to top speed as quickly as McDavid. And you're watching him on the ice. You look away for a second, and all of a sudden, somehow he's on the other side of the ice with the puck again. He's unfreaking believable. Uh, I've seen Mario Lemieux play. I've seen Wayne Gretzky play. I've seen Sidney Crosby play. This guy is right up there with all of them. It's he's absolutely unreal. And uh, a, a whole hum four was it four points all told? Yeah, I think he had an assist on the game winner. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, like you said, like, you're not, like, breaking new ground and saying that Connor McDavid is an amazing player, but it's just, it's, every time you see, you get an opportunity to see him play, even when it's not against the Blackhawks, you know, you take, take time to go and watch him play because it is such a incredible experience to see that level of talent and, and people want to hate on him because, you know, he, oh, he'll never win a cup or whatever. It's just like, dude, like that guy is almost without question the most gifted and skilled hockey player living and breathing on this planet Earth right P- now. Potentially ever. When you look at the entire package that he has, and potentially, does not the Connor McDavid show, but we got to talk about him. I mean, I mean the, will the he dude pass had... Gretzky? Will he pass yeah. Lemieux? I don't know. It's a different era. Remember, a long, a big part of Wayne Gretzky's career was playing against goalies that like were plumbers in the offseason. Right, and yeah. Their goaltending uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, style was, I don't know. Just fling my throw, arms and legs up in the air and see what happens. Throw your body forward. So kind of like Alex Stalock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Just throw right, your yeah, body forward right. at the puck. Yeah. You'll it, probably stop. If Alex Stalock was wearing like bed pillows on his legs, that would be. <laughs> um, but McDavid's just unreal. But this game, man, I, I there I see a lot of people in the chat saying, you can't even be mad about this one. No, absolutely it's not. It's just they competed. They had many opportunities in which last year's team would have said, eh, we're out. We lost. This game's over. They battled, they battled, they battled, and just at the end of the game, uh, another one of the best players in the world, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, gets the game winner, and what are you going to do? I mean, it's just yeah. they're playing well against good teams, and like we've said after most of the games this year, when you go in and you dig in the numbers, it's a lot worse probably than it looks, it, especially at five-on-five. Five, the Oilers had a big edge in play, 
but there's something to be said for battle and compete, and the Hawks have tons of it. Watching this, watching this game tonight, and especially how it unfolded from the second period on, um, I just thought back to last year's team and just how many opportunities this game would have presented for that team at this point last year to absolutely check out of the game. And this year, uh, we are not seeing that. We have in each game this season, the Blackhawks are now four and three. Uh, in each game this season, there have been opportunities where a team that is built to be bad, built to lose, the expectation is to tank and the rebuild is on and all that. There has been an opportunity in each of the first seven games of this season for the Blackhawks to pack it in, check out. Yep. They they have every opportunity presented to them to be 0-7 right now. And they have four wins, and they have never been outside of Colorado. They have never they haven't looked vastly outmatched. No, and I think even going back to the Colorado game, you and I doing the postgame show on very little sleep, <laughs> it just sort of felt like it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be. Like I, we were yeah. talking 7-1, 8-1, yeah. laughed out of the building, and yeah, the final score was 5-2, to two, but it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as big of a blowout as it felt, you know, no. as we thought it would be, and it's a one nothing loss in Vegas. Like it's just, mm-hmm. they have been really competitive this year, yeah. and for the for the weapons they have, especially now with Tyler Johnson out, uh, Jujar Kara uh, was up there with Taze and Radish for a big chunk of the game, but then in the third, you saw Kurashev finally get his chance and, and take advantage of it with some good opportunities. It's good. Um, it was a good game, and uh, Chuckle Mucko brings up a good point. Uh, that he's not so much frustrated with the loss is how it ended. Yeah, Jonathan Taves uh, with a real bad clearing attempt. Mm. If you didn't watch the game on TV, Troy Murray called it out, said Jonathan Taves has to make a better and a smarter play there, and he's right. It was a bad play and a bad moment from a guy who's had a really good season up until then. He's got to make a safer play and get that puck out of the zone. Scored he in got this game. 37 seconds left. Mm. Clear the puck out of the zone and live for overtime. But, hey, mm-hmm. if you're excited about tank standings, that's how you want to do. <laughs> you want to get – you don't want that extra point because, uh, boy, can you imagine Connor McDavid three-on-three? Three? Just to, just win the faceoff back to Staylock, have him just throw it in the back of the net and well, let's go home. <laughs> and and Connor McDavid <laughs> relatively rested given all the penalty killing that the Oilers had yeah. to do and, and whatnot. So, I said to Greg, yeah. they he served the the, um, the Campbell delay a game. Yeah. McDavid served that penalty – and you got to think the Hawks are like, okay, we don't have to look <laughs> over our shoulder to wonder where this guy is. A guaranteed two minutes for him to be <laughs> yeah. off the ice. All right, well, we've been recapping the scoring uh, <laughs> after games, so I'm going to give it give it my best try, okay? Buckle in. There are 11 games here. Please have mercy on my soul. We, we uh, don't have to recap the penalties. <laughs> no, so. we will not do that. We'll be able to finish this show on time. <laughs> yeah, uh, 10-29 into the game. Zach Hyman scores his fourth goal of the season, a one-timer. Uh, from a great pass from Connor McDavid. McDavid's first of four points there. Uh, just under three minutes later, Andreas Athanasiu gets a breakaway, stick handles, gets Jack, Jack Campbell out of position. A beautiful, beautiful goal by Andreas Athanasiu with finish, which we were kind of like, oh, hey. he's just going to skate and lose the puck. Nope, he didn't. He scored uh, on that play. 
Jared Tenorti makes a nice defensive play right in front of Stalock to break up a scoring chance. Puck goes the other way. That is Andreas Athanasiu's 200th point, assisted by Max Domi. And as we talked about in last game, Mario, we're really starting to see that Kane, Athanasiu, Domi line generate some chemistry. Mm -hmm. You had a three-point night from Kane, a three-point night from Domi. Uh, They're really starting to figure each other out. Both instances have been Athanasiu cherry-picking a little bit, but they're finding, they're starting to learn each other's habits and learn the chemistry, so you're seeing them produce. If you know he's going to bust out of the defensive zone and go for a breakaway, if you know he's going to do that and where he's going to be, you can do exactly what Max Domi did and flip the puck to center ice in the general direction of Athanasiu and let him use his speed. So three guys who have never played together before finally figuring out how to play together is what you want to see. 2.38 later, the Hawks take a 2-1 lead on Reese Johnson's first goal of the season in his first game of the season. Uh, Caleb Jones shoots a point shot after Blackwell drives down the left wing side, skates behind the net, gets it to Jones at the point. Jones shoots right away, rebound. Reese Johnson calmly corrals the puck, puts it in the back of a wide open net. It's 2-1 to Hawks. That's how the first period would end. And it was the calmest moment of the game. <laughs> yeah, then the second period began, and we're not going to recap the penalties because, holy cow, who's got time for that? It's only an hour show. Yeah. Uh, McDavid's first goal of the game, just sort of wheeling through the defensive zone, cuts through center ice, weaves in, snipe shot over the shoulder of Stalock. Nothing he can do. That's his sixth of the season, assisted by Evan Bouchard. Uh, a minute, like, 15 later, 133, into the second. The Hawks take the lead again. Jonathan Taze with a beautiful redirection of Max Domi's shot, maybe a pass uh, from the left wing circle. Taze is fourth of the season. Domi gets his third assist. Kane with his fifth assist of the season as well. Uh, Oilers tied up 828 into the third period. Guess who? Yep, it's Connor McDavid on a four on three power play. McDavid shoots. Uh, Stalock gets a piece of it. But the puck flutters in behind him. McDavid seventh. Drysaddle picks up his tenth assist. Ryan Nugent Hopkins with his fifth assist of the season. One of those goals that makes you throw your controller. Yeah, that was uh, one of those. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, looks like the Oilers go up four three. There is a net front scrum. Uh, Seth Jones, uh, Evander Kane, verified putwack, and Alex Stalock yeah. all sort of get mixed up there. He has the blood, the the Pudwack blue blue check mark. Yes, he sure. does. Uh, he falls on top of Stalock. Doesn't do much to get up, get off of him. The ruling on the ice is no goal. Announced no goal. Edmonton challenges, lose the challenge. Therefore, the Hawks go on the power play, uh, and nothing happened on that one. Uh, Evander Kane then gets an unsportsmanlike conduct. Uh, from the bench. From the bench for yapping. <laughs> so the Hawks go on to five on three for a minute 37. Max Domi makes it four or three Hawks on the power play. A beautiful one-timer from Radish and Kane. Kind of a tic-tac-toe goal. That's how the third period ends. <laughs> or the second period ends. Hawks are up four or three. 24 seconds into the third. It's 4-4. Four, four. Ryan Nugent Hopkins uh, gets a cross-crease pass from uh, Leon Dreisaitl. So Hopkins with his fifth, Drysaddle 11th assist, and Tyson Berry gets a second assist on that one. A series of power plays and penalties from both teams happen. Then McDavid gets the hat trick. 10-16 into the third period. 
Get, Hawks can't clear the puck. McDavid gets the puck one on one with Jake McCabe, and rest in peace, Jake yeah. McCabe. Hey. He's going to be a Kirby Dockian highlight candidate uh, for the rest of history on that one. McDavid just walks him as he's done to so many good defensemen before. Uh, no shot, I, I, and there's the hat trick goal for Connor McDavid. I tip my hat to uh, McCabe just having the bravery to what are you gonna <laughs> to do? attempt to defend Connor McDavid I, aggressively. I, I was talking to Greg like before, like I don't know if it was before the game started or right when it started. And I remember I was a teenager and I went to see uh, Mario Lemieux play against the Hawks, and I had really good 100 level seats. And there was a part where I was sort of like right on the blue line. So maybe like 10 feet into the offensive zone for the Penguins. Lemieux's got the puck, and he's just like looking around on the board, right? Looking around, looking around, looking around. I just, I scream out like, someone get him. Someone, <laughs> you know, someone get the puck. And they weren't responding to me, but sure enough, a Hawks <laughs> player goes to try to take the puck from Mario Lemieux, and he's like, beautiful, just what I wanted. Whoop, floats a little saucer pass right on the tape. Goal. It's like... You can't defend players like that. Mm -mm. It is you just hope for the best. You hope that your stick gets in the way of his, and you hope for the best. And, boy, Jake McCabe was made to look silly on it, but what's he going to do? The yeah. guy's just unreal. Well, and two of McDavid's goals, uh, one, the, the, the snipe shot uh, against, uh, against Daylock, not the one that floated over his head. Um, that one was defended by Seth Jones, and Jones was – in a decent position defensively yep. and was, you know, Seth Jones and Connor McDavid, he is going to lose that foot, foot race a hundred times out of a hundred. So he's respecting the speed of McDavid and is in a good position, but giving space to McDavid allows him to get off his ridiculously great shot. Yep. McCabe, again, not the foot speed of McDavid, tries to close what? the gap and be <laughs> aggressive. And McDavid's like, oh, thanks for doing that. So I can just scoot around you. And use his use his uh, speed and agility to outmaneuver any defender that's in front of him, and scores again. So it's really like you said, you kind of just have to hope for the best when defending McDavid because he is one of maybe four players in the NHL which there's no way to skillfully defend them. It's McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr, and Matthews, all the M's. The Oilers have played eight games. Connor McDavid has 15 points. Is that it? You, that's <laughs> it's freaking it's unreal. That's insane. Unreal. Well, the the stat that they they said it on the broadcast. Dreisaitl also has 15 points for the record. Of course they do. Yeah. <laughs> just just hand the MVP back yeah. and forth. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? They well, I was just going to say McDavid. I don't have it in front of me, but McDavid's career numbers are like 780 points in like 490 games or something like that. Like in the modern era of hockey of the NHL to have a player producing like that and to be at his skill level. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of talk this year about McDavid sort of being more aggressive and wanting to score more. That's scary. That's, <laughs> and you saw it tonight. I mean, the criticism for him was that he passes too much. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'll just score a uh, 70 goals. Yeah. Matt, Austin Matthews scoring 60 got, got a, a ton of praise so McDavid scoring 60 this year is gonna gonna match that and probably be even more. it's wild all right so uh 1649 into the third uh Patrick Kane scores off a of Jake McCabe rebound shot squirts right to Kane he's not gonna miss that shot very many times 5-5 five, five. big moment then as we discussed with 37 seconds left to go Jonathan Taves can't clear 
Yamamoto gets the puck to Evander Kane to Dreisaitl, and Dreisaitl scores his fourth of the season. Uh, Evander Kane picks up his sixth assist, and Yamamoto with his second assist of the year. And that's how the game ends. Six to five, Oilers win. Tank win, I guess we'll call it. It Yeah, it is It is a tank win, and it's a quintessential tank win. You lose in regulation, and you show all of the signs of a team that is buying into a, a system that is buying into you know what Luke Richardson is, is is preaching and playing for each other, playing for you know each guy on on the bench and not not just packing it in and giving up and 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 giving up on the season. Uh, Phil, Phil Thompson uh, talked with uh, Jack Johnson before today's game, and he asked him about the tank this season, the expectations, and do players worry about things like that? Do they worry about the Blackhawks potentially having a shot at Connor Bedard? And Jack Johnson was like, well, you know, drafting great players is is wonderful. That's what the organization wants. That's what fans want. That's what people care about. But we're here to win games. Yeah. they The Blackhawks players do not care no. about the draft lottery odds. They don't care about potentially Connor Bedard uh, being a Blackhawk next year. They care about the game in front of them and scoring more goals than the opponent. That's all they. That's all they care about. That's all they're paid to do. So seeing the seeing the effort and 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 the the GF meters on this Blackhawks team being as high as they are already early on this season in in a game like this, that's absolutely what you want to see. No doubt. All right, we got Greg uh, standing by. Before that, let's update the tank standings. Let's see how they stand. Was the Hawks pick up a tank Driving win the tank. against the Oilers in this one? I think the engine stalled for a few uh, few days, but we got the mechanic on it. That tank is yeah, tank looks good, nice and shiny. It's good to go. All right, uh, the mighty Vancouver Canucks still lead the tank standings with two points in seven games. Anaheim right under heels, three points in seven games. The Sharks with four points in nine games. Yeah, they've turned it around. Oof. Arizona <laughs> with four points in six games. The Blue Jackets with six points in eight games, and then the Blackhawks, uh, eight points in seven games. So there are your tank standings. I can't believe Vancouver. They suck. They're just, I man, they're bad. Did not expect them to be off to this bad of a start. Yep. Uh, hey, Shady Rays, they are awesome. They are. Uh, I know Greg has been rocking them for a long time. Ours are coming soon. I got we we placed like a company order. With the Shady Rays, and I cannot wait to get them. At Shady Rays, they never understood why glasses, sunglasses were so expensive. So they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. They're premium polarized shades with world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays is they have the most insane protection program and all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they'll send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Dropped in the lake, chain of lakes like Mario, off a cliff, anything, they will replace your shady rays. They also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date they stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right free returns free exchanges 
You'll either love the shades or Shady Rays will pay to ship them back. That's it. And here's an exclusive deal for CHGO listeners. Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Love that. Love that math. Two for two for fifty. Uh, it's bogo, off. as they that say is, in the old country. That is bogo. Yep. Uh, you also some good math that uh, that you can get on board is the number seventy five. Is a number math if it's just the number? I don't know. Anyways, seventy five. So yes, seventy five is the amount of high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that you are absorbing in just one scoop of AG one from Athletic Greens. What is AG1? It is a formula designed to improve your gut health, optimize your immune system, and give you more natural energy. All you got to do is scoop that AG1 into one cup of water each day. That's all you got to do to get the best from Athletic Greens and uh, give your give your immune system a boost, uh, give your energy a boost, and give your give that gut a break from all those uh, Green Green Ridge Farms meats you're eating. Uh, Put some AG1 in there. It's going to help your digestive system for sure. We won't be doing that. (laughs) If you have any uh, dietary restrictions or anything like that, gluten-free, dairy-free, if you're doing the keto diet or the paleo diet, whatever it is, uh, you're able to incorporate AG1 into those diets, no problem whatsoever. It's a small once-a-day habit with big benefits. And right now, it is time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Again, just one scoop in a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase when you go to athleticgreens.com slash chgo blackhawks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgo blackhawks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance all right before we get to greg we've got nearly 100 people in the chat and only 32 likes on the youtube page you got four seconds scroll down smash that like button let's let's, it really helps us uh promote the show promote the company promote all the great things we're doing here at chgo so please 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 one like to one viewer ratio yeah smash that like button that's math i can understand uh, make sure you're subscribed or get your your podcast as well all right, let's go live to the United Center and bring in our guy, Greg Boyson. What's up, Greg? How was the uh, post game? Um, rather uneventful. Uh, <laughs> pretty empty Blackhawks locker room. Um, it was Patrick Kane and Max Domi kind of hanging out, and everybody went to uh, Patrick Kane. So uh, Tracy Meyer got an exclusive interview with Max Domi. So nice. uh, not a lot coming out of there. Um Luke Richardson in his post game is close to seeing him uh, be upset as I I have since he came here. I don't know if he was mad at anything in particular, but you could just tell he was like, yeah, we, as crazy as that was, we we probably should have won that game. But, uh, you know, as he said, he said, you can't, in today's NHL, you can't high stick, you can't flash people on the hands, and you can't do that against a team like this because they will kill you, and that's what happened. 
Well, he's right. I mean, look, the you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are two of the best players in hockey, and anytime you give that team a man advantage, you're asking for it. And you know they're lucky that they only what they only give up two in the end of the night. Three, three power play goals. I mean, you know they had nine, nine penalties. So, <laughs> I mean, you kind of look like well, you escaped a little bit in this one. But yeah, I mean, this has kind of been the the one thing has been they've been a little penalty heavy, um, and that's what happens when the other teams are more talented than you and faster than you. As you get caught and you got to make a decision here, well, am I going to take a penalty or give up a breakaway? And a lot of times the Hawks are opting for the penalty, which maybe isn't the worst idea in the world, but it's going to catch up with you. It's going to wear out your players. It, it is exhausting the penalty kill. So, hey, Luke Richardson knows that. He was a penalty killer his entire career. Curious if he said anything about uh, Taves' clearing attempt uh, that led to the uh, dry settle goal. Nothing um, like particular, but he did mention kind of what you just said. Uh, they get, they started giving up more room to those guys in the third period because they were fatigued. They were just out there too many times. And when you're fatigued, I'm going to paraphrase his quote, when you're fatigued, your brain doesn't work right and you make mistakes. So I think that was in reference to Jonathan Taves without uh, calling him out by name. He did mention that Jack Johnson should have definitely closed in on Leon Dreisaitl a little more there, gave him too much space. Uh, and said the forwards, it just everybody started to, to back off in that third period. And a lot of that was because they were just out there too many times and they were tired. And you, and you also had guys who haven't been killing penalties that long, uh, that much this season because guys like Colin Blackwell and, Mark, and Mackenzie Antwistle were taking penalties and they had to switch things up. And, and, and Taves was out there for both sides, power play and penalty kill. He hasn't been doing a lot of penalty kill this season, but, uh, I think it was just more of a fact that he made a mental mistake because he was tired. That's what Luke Richardson's saying. Um, you know, you're gonna give you're gonna give Jonathan Taves a little more leeway there than if it was uh, you know, Reese Johnson who made that play. But uh yeah, it was it was an egregious play from, you know, a guy that had been out there I'm gonna go without looking up at stats. I'm gonna assume that was the most ice time Jonathan Taves has had all season long. Uh, I mean, that would be an educated guess. Yeah, 19:05 for Taves in the game. Uh, he played 9:07 on the power play, 148 shorthanded. But yeah, I mean, you're right. When you're out That's there killing penalties the whole the whole night, it's it's gonna wear on you. The kids, especially how how much they were out there Tuesday night as well. You know, we had thought Tuesday's second period was, was crazy. And then tonight's second period said, hold my beer and my chaser and, and, and my case of uppers. Because this is good. I mean, Jay, you were here for that. That was some of the – I mean, in my 43 trips around the sun, I've seen a lot of, of crazy hockey periods at all levels. But as far as NHL periods go, that one was, was wild. Yeah, I, I would – put some money down on, on, on DraftKings that that would probably be the weirdest, wildest uh, period that we see this season. Uh, speaking of, you know, the, the, the penalty kill and, and coming off of the last game where they were six for six, did Kane, I know he's not a penalty killer, but did Kane or Richardson, either one of them address the penalty kill in the sense that kind of like with the avalanche, there's only so much you can do against a power play like Edmonton has. That's exactly what Luke Richardson said. He said, we got away with it on Tuesday, and we can't keep doing that. He says he wants to keep penalties three or less per game. 
Well, you tripled that tonight. You doubled it Tuesday, you tripled it tonight. They are a long way. And I think the frustrating part for Luke Richardson is a lot of them are the stick-type penalties, the ones that can be avoided, the slashings, the hookings, because you got caught. Uh, you didn't, one of the terms Luke Richardson loves to use, and it's trickling through the locker room these days, is playing above them. He loves to say we have to play above them. And he said that this morning. Uh, meaning you got to stay in front of them. You can't let them get by you. And as soon as those guys were getting by you, here came, here come the flashing penalties. Here come the hooking penalties. It's one thing if you get a, you know, an interference penalty because you're trying to be physical or a cross-checking penalty, but it's those stick penalties that can be avoided. And I think those are what was frustrating to him. But he definitely said too many penalties. You can, you can, you can't get away with it against Colorado. You can't get away with it against a team like Edmonton, they just got too many special players on that side. And you just, you know, hey, at least on the bright side, they didn't have to face Connor McDavid in three-on-three overtime because that probably would have been uh, a quick one with that guy. Just he to see him in person, my God, he's playing a different game than the rest of the league. Yeah, we needed a new league for him. Like, <laughs> somewhere where him and, 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 you know, those guys can go play together because it's just a, him and McCarr where it's like – What's the uh, the ultra NHL? Because that's where they I mean, that's where they belong. If if the Oilers can't win a Stanley Cup with him, just epic failure. The guy is the great. He's one of the greatest player I've ever seen play in person in my lifetime. It's just the way he does things at a different pace, at a different speed, just so effortlessly. He doesn't even look like he breaks a sweat out there, and he just makes guys look silly. You know, unfortunately, it was it was Jake McCabe that fell victim to a play that he's made a hundred times before. You just can't do anything about it except close your eyes and go, "Oh shit!" That's pretty much how you defend Conor McDavid. I want to know did uh, did anyone say anything about Alex Stalock's antics in the in the third period? There was a a moment where <laughs> Puck went and he put his arms out to kind of prevent any Oilers from going around him. At all, and Colby Cohen said during the broadcast that it got a little chuckle out of the Hawks bench. I know after a loss, people probably aren't in the mood to laugh and joke around, but man, every game there's there's a one of those at least one there's many of those moments. out of the net moments from Staylock <laughs> that just makes yeah. you pull your hair out slash laugh at the same time. Yeah, there wasn't much talk about Staylock because you know there was a lot of other things to talk about tonight. But I think that's just something we're going to have to get used to. Uh, I don't think. I think him being just uh, overly aggressive, uh, borderline weird, is something we is the norm, uh, and we're just gonna have to expect it. It's it's been working for him for the most part so far. Uh, you know, he he battled tonight. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. I think his most impressive save came in that first period, right before the Reese Johnson goal. They set up the same exact play to Zach Hyman that they scored the first goal on, and he got over and made the save. And, like, 30 seconds later, Reese Johnson scores the goal to put him up. I thought that was going to be a big turning point to the game, but I had nobody had any idea what was going to happen in that second period. The, the, the Whatever button they hit in the locker room, don't press that one again. Yeah, it just it just seems like this is, this is the Alex Stalock experience, and we're all along yeah, for the yeah. ride, so... Um, hey, I mean, it like like you said, Jay. It, it gives you something to react to, <laughs> whether it's whether it's a laugh or a uh, or, or a heart palpitation. 
Um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see which game Salak plays this weekend because Luke Richardson has been saying that Arvid Soderblom yeah. with back-to-back games in Buffalo Saturday, home against Minnesota Sunday. Usually you'd probably want to give the young, inexperienced guy that home start, but considering it's the Wild, one of Salak's former team, and you know he's a Minnesota guy, maybe they give him that one and they let uh, Soderblom take on the, the uh, much-improved Sabres on the road Saturday night. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they Yeah, I I need a break from Staylock um <laughs> personally. The Hawks are practicing tomorrow morning, so I'll I'll head up to the rink tomorrow morning and we'll see if we can get uh, a definitive answer who's playing Saturday. Nice. Um you know, we've been talking about the the craziness and the penalties um when uh when when talking to Kane or or to uh Richardson um was there any talk about, you know, that kind of the, the, the chemistry that is continuing to build between Kane and, and Domi and Athanasiu because all three of them had major nights tonight? Yeah, Kane mentioned uh, that, you know, they're, they're really building something. And, um, you know, he had said the other day after morning skate that he appreciates that the coaching staff was patient. Everybody, everybody in our chats, everybody on Twitter, or even the three of us, at one point said, hey, maybe it's time to break up that line, give Philip Curve, Chef, give us someone else to look. But he's very appreciative that the coaching staff stuck with them and allowed this chemistry to build. Um, and, uh, and Kane, overall, Kane said, you know, he's very happy with the start of this first seven games. Uh, you know, he's, he's saying that the, uh, he's another guy that's saying the mood in the room is different. You know, these guys are, are playing for each other. They're, you know, they're they're loose, but they're competitive, and uh, he said he's very happy with how this season has gone so far. So, um, you know, there's very with the expectations this team has, and as much as the players, when you ask them about it, say they don't pay attention to that, they do. They know that they would they've been picked to be one of the worst teams in the league, and so you know they've got an attitude that there's nothing to lose, and they're playing like it. And you know what? We saw the uh, the management group uh, right after the game by the locker room. Kyle Davidson, Jeff Greenberg, uh, Norma Kiver, Brian Campbell all walked by. And I wouldn't be surprised if they stopped off in Luke Richardson's office and said, okay, we're going to script this game and stick to this script for the rest of the year. Let's have like 55 more of these really fun, competitive games that end up in one-goal one losses. Yep. It was, hey, it was, a, it was a good time. And when that second period ended and I had to head back here, I was a little bit disappointed because, <laughs> you know, the official attendance was uh, 13,685. Uh, so it's about 10K short of a sellout. And uh, boy, the crowd was into it, though. You know, start to yeah. finish, energetic crowd, loud anthem. I think this team is starting to win some people over that were like, ah, you know, screw this team. They're not trying to win. They're going on the cheap, whatever, whatever. They're seeing the compete this team has and, and that the game's entertaining, and I wonder if that's going to start uh, showing up in the attendance this year a little bit. Well, you, you would think. Um, I've been making a habit of going on a pregame lap around the 100 level and 300 level, uh, you know, before pregame warm-ups, and it was just empty. I can't remember walking through the 300 level with nobody in the concourse. You know, I granted it was 40 minutes before puck drop, but still – but so. the crowd was into it tonight. They, they had a lot to cheer from right off the bat. You know, there were some, some early goals. There should be a buzz in arena when their Connor McDavid is out on the ice and a Patrick Kane and a Leon Dreisaitl. You got some of the best players 
to ever play the game on the ice, you should be excited to be in the building. And they certainly gave them a lot of reasons to get out of their seats. And, you know, you had the heroes, you had the villains. Evander Kane made no friends here tonight. Evander Kane, uh, hashtag confirmed Pudwack. Uh, you got the, you got the full spectrum. That's what you paid for Oilers. So, uh, yeah, have fun. Yeah. Uh, Troy Murray was saying he's such a good player when he stays on the rails, right? Like when he's just, Plays hockey, worries about scoring goals, generating offense, keeps his mouth shut. Um, look, and he's he's a pudwack for many reasons, not just what happens on the ice, but uh, he had it on full display on this one. It was the it was a fully Evander Kane experience. <laughs> fun, yeah. fun little tidbit uh, about Troy Murray. I saw our buddy heading back up here. He was coming off the elevator. I was going on, and he was kind of like shaking his head, going that that uh, that was a thing. And uh, I told him, I said, you know, for for that second period, it, it reminded me of some of the games of your playing days when it was just uh, just an all-out slugfest. And uh, apparently during the second period, at one point, he said on the air, whip, smoke them if you got them. <laughs> so it was that kind of He did. Nice. He did, yeah. I, I remember hearing that, yeah. Uh, uh, nice suit little... by – I like the, the TV wardrobe from Troy is outstanding. He had the nice – Gray checkered jacket with the purple tie, looking good. You know, when the other guy is Patrick Sharp, you have to step up your game. Uh, yeah, up your style game, yeah. Hey, you know what? Down there, my well, whatever. It's late. My wife has a massive crush on Troy Murray. <laughs> Always has. So I get it. he's a man's man. Uh, yeah, he's. Yeah, so don't he's 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 no, uh, you know, he very few are Patrick Sharp, but he's not too far off there. One, uh, um, one little interesting news tidbit to come out of the postgame that uh, we were standing waiting to get in the locker room and Tyler Johnson came walking by and uh, his boot for his ankle was on his left ankle uh, when the press release said it was his right ankle that was injured. So uh, we uh, mentioned that to the Hawks PR and then they sent us a text message saying, oh, no, it, it is in fact his left ankle that's injured, not his right ankle. We made an error in the press release. So... That's a little tidbit to come out of uh, the locker room tonight. Oh well, now now everything's different now. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a boot on, huh? So that, that indicates. I, I know they probably won't give a specific timeline, but um, well, Luke, but, Luke well he was put on our pretty, IR. So pretty optimistic that it's not going to be super long. They only put him on regular IR, which means yeah. he's eligible to come back in a week. Doesn't mean he's coming back in a week. But the fact that they made no call up, uh, they got Boris yeah. Kachuk. Looking back, he said it's probably along the same kind of time frame as a, as a chip injury. So it just depends. Sprained ankles are like concussions. Everybody recovers from them, you know, oh, differently. Know. I've had uh, dozens of them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, some guys can Concussion come back from a sprained ankles, ankle yes. in two days. Other guys can never recover from a sprained ankle. So um, it's one of those weird injuries that you just got to take it by case-by-case case scenario. All right, let's do it. Let's do our fourth stars of the game. Uh, after the 6-5 loss to the Oilers. I am going with good old number 43, uh, Colin Blackwell. Man, he is just a, a pucker. Not a baller, a pucker. He is out there working Real his pucker. ass off. He's like five foot three, 110 pounds. Little pucker. He's a little cannonball, that guy, and... He drew a penalty in this game. He almost scored a shorthanded goal in this game. He is just a little spark plug, and uh, he does not seem to understand that he's the smallest guy in the ice. There was a moment I was critical of, had the puck in the offensive zone, 
tried to skate like back towards the point and then got checked. I think it was Darnell Nurse, who is Much like bigger. twice his size. <laughs> and the puck scored it free, and it led to a scoring chance for the Oilers. Uh, other than that, though, I thought Callum Blackwell was outstanding. He gets my four-star of the game. The actual three-star, someday I'll do this right, number three was Patrick Kane, number two was Leon Dreisaitl, and number one was Connor McDavid, for the record. Some talented players. Yeah. Yeah, that's a pretty uh, heck of a top three right there. I mean, that that line would win a few cups together, right? Um, (laughs) It would. Hey, I did see Ken Holland on the phone after the game, so maybe he's trying to – get Patrick Kane on his bus and leave Evander Kane back here. But uh, no. we're not gonna fall for we're not gonna fall for that. Uh, my four star, I'm gonna give it to uh, defenseman Seth Jones. Um, he had a really active game as did most of them with all that power play time he was on the ice a lot. He led the team with six shots on goal. He's been very active from the back end the last couple of games. That's something that uh, Luke Richardson has said in the last few meetings that you know, he wants his defensemen to be more active. He wants them to shoot the puck more. He wants them to move the puck quicker. It appears that Seth Jones has gotten that message. He did finish the night a minus two, but when you're out there against Connor McDavid all night, you're probably going to be on the ice for some goals against no matter how good you are. Um, there was one play, he, he took that slashing penalty, which I, I didn't agree with. There was one play, while the Hawks were on a power play, it was him and Connor McDavid pretty much one-on-one. McDavid coming in with a shorthanded chance. And he did a really great job staying in front of him. And then the second he passed it, he hit him in the, in the hands with, with his stick and got called for a slashing penalty. So, again, when, when there's a superstar like that, the second they see a stick on, on the hands, they're going to call it. But otherwise, a really good game, another solid game for Seth Jones that, that – uh, Still looking for that first the power play goal from a defenseman, but I think it's coming soon. Eventually it will. You it has to. <laughs> what, what happens first? Uh, a Hawks defenseman scores a power play goal or Connor Bedard takes a shift in a Blackhawks uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope it's the power play goal. I don't know. Actually, I would Let's sacrifice see. power play goals for I would trade those power play goals. Uh, you know what? Yeah, if, if we're saying one or the other, I will take the, uh, the Bedard side of things. Uh, my fourth star is a guy I thought was going to be one of the, the, the three stars of the game, but it, it, uh, it is Max Domi. Um, I think he is finding some chemistry with uh, uh, Andreas Athanasiu and Patrick Kane. That is wonderful news for the Blackhawks uh, trying to keep their offensive, uh, that, that trio together. Um, I think that's going to continue to be their uh, best offensive spark plug that they got going for him and Max Domi is going to be a big part of it. He's here to be hard to play against. He's here to fit the mold that Kyle Davidson and Luke Richardson are trying to uh to put together and I think he's I think he's fitting in. I think tonight was a uh, a real kind of a, another breakthrough performance for him. One goal, two assists. Uh, was a plus two, seventy five percent from the faceoff dot. He's killing at the dot, man. Love to see that. I, I, when he came to the team in the first few days of training camp, and it was the the those three together, and he was playing center. I was like, is he really? Is he a full time center? Or you know, because I, I don't think he did it a ton with Montreal. Because uh, those those were the last years that he was like. Kind of, you know, getting, getting, taking a, a, the majority of the faceoffs in his career, but he is, 
he is the best face-off guy that the Blackhawks have right now. He's out, uh, out dueling uh, Jonathan Taze, which is probably refreshing for Taze that he doesn't have to be relied on to take every single draw anymore. Um, so it's great to see. And in a game like today where there were uh, 50,000 penalty minutes handed out, <laughs> Max Domi, a goose egg in the penalty minutes category. So, hey, how about that? Staying out of the box uh, in a game that would have probably uh, been a perfect game for him to have five penalty minutes, 10 penalty minutes, whatever it needed to be. Um, good to stay out, uh, stay on the ice and, and be effective. So he's my fourth star. Uh, Nate with a good comment. Sorry, go ahead. Domi is a point-per-game player right now, a weapon on the power play, and one of the best face-off guys in the league. His trade value is, is skyrocketing right now. He might be a <laughs> yeah. guy they may not wait until the trade deadline because it's like, hey, his value may not get much higher than it is right now. That but is this true. is exactly the kind of start and the kind of season you wanted out of him if you're going to flip him. Yeah. Uh, Nate says, poor Caleb Jones, two assists and a plus two with more hits and blocks than Seth. Than Seth and still can't get attention. Sucks being the younger brother. Uh, for a long time, Caleb was my fourth star. Then he took two penalties, so I uh, crossed him off. But he, I thought he had a really strong game today. Um, he's going to have his moments where things don't look great, but for a, for a borderline NHL defenseman, he had a really solid game. And what I like about him is that he shoots the damn puck. He's happy to put the puck on net. And I think um, that's something Luke Richardson appreciates from him. And you're, I think that's why you're seeing him get uh, more playing time than Philip Roos. I'd like to see Roos get another chance. I thought he was really solid in uh, the game the other day. Um, but, hey, solid game for Caleb Jones. And, yes, uh, Nate, thanks for pointing it out because we should absolutely point that out. And we're talking about Max Domi here. And I, I'm starting to really like him. <laughs> and and I, I know they should trade him, but I wonder if uh, – maybe an, an, another contract would be in the offing for him uh, in the off season. And he, is he's going to be unrestricted again? Um, I don't know. I just, I like what he's brought. There's a little bit of a, a swagger and confidence, uh, not only to his game, but to his personality um, that I think is, is going a long way. So it's someone I wouldn't, uh, you know, if they're only going to get a fifth or fourth or something, man, maybe consider hanging on to him and see if he can reopen in the off season, but we'll get to that one. We have plenty of time to cross the bridge. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. All right, Greg, we're going to let you hit the road. Uh, Thanks for uh, the great updates from the UC, and we'll see you here. Our first in-studio road game of the season. Uh, The three of us will be here Saturday night. Puck drop is at 6 p.m. in Buffalo, and we'll be on uh, probably right around 9. So, Greg, we'll see you then. Thanks, man. It's a a game in Buffalo, so we're going to have to get some chicken wings with our pizza Saturday night. Oh, not that. Anything but that. No. <laughs> I hate wings. Sounds good. I didn't write the rule. I just live by it. All right. <laughs> oh, you convinced me. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll see you then, man. Okay. Thanks. That is Greg Boyson from the United Center. Follow him on Twitter at Greg Boyson. And if you've not done it already, make sure you smash that like button in the YouTube chat. Another big crowd tonight. We appreciate that. So it's a good time to tell you about our upcoming CHGO Chicago versus Miami tailgate Sunday, November 6th. We're going to be in the parking lot at Michigan and Roosevelt. We're going to be drinking beers. We're going to be eating foods. We're going to be playing games, winning prizes, dancing to the DJ. It is a great, great time. I'm going to be there. Are you going? I will be there. Mario will be there. Greg's going to be there. I think the sweater. Most of the CHGO crew 
will be out there. So come join us. It's a great time. You do not need a ticket to the Bears game to attend the tailgate, but you do need a ticket to the tailgate to attend the tailgate. The way you get that, allchgo.com. There are a couple ticketing options on there, so make sure uh, you search carefully. One of them has parking included. So jump in there. Come join us. It was an awesome time. The other time we did it, and we'd love to see you come out and say hello and hang out with us. Uh, and if you are looking for tickets to the game, of course, the best way to get that is via the Game Time app. Just make sure you use the links in our uh, podcast descriptions uh, to get access to those great deals from our friends at Game Time. So join us November 6th, Bears, Dolphins at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt. It's going to be a great time, 8 a.m. until noon. We'll be there for the entirety of the uh of the pregame it's gonna be an awesome time i can't wait yeah. to see what the food is this time yeah the 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 first go around uh of the of the tailgating experience with chgo was was fantastic i had a great time um yeah the food was really good we had taco, taco truck, truck was yep. doing breakfast tacos and then other regular tacos as the day uh progressed and there was pizza and donuts and coffee earlier in the day uh yeah it was it was it was a great time so come out and join us uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, this 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 Bears team is is Bears. kind of being uh, interesting. I said just I, I was talking with Stephen um, earlier in the evening, watching the game, and talking about CHGO and the landscape of Chicago sports. And I said, as long as each team is interesting, that is that is all we can ask for. The Bears are keeping things interesting. The Blackhawks are keeping things interesting. The Bulls are going to be competitive. Yeah, they'll they'll be interesting. Cubs and Sox are always interesting. The Fire, the Red Stars, the Sky. Every team has got some sort of angle that that can keep you hooked into it. So, yeah, keep it locked to CHG. Yeah, we're having a great time, man. It's been uh, not quite a year, <laughs> but we're, we're getting there. And uh, there's not a day that goes by where I don't look forward to work. Honest to God. Like, off days, I kind of miss it. You yeah, know, and being yeah. at the United Center every game is just, it's it's been an amazing experience. Uh, so thanks to everybody who is watching it and making it possible. And again, remember the best way to support us, become a member at allchgo.com. Get that membership. I know it's going to look a little different in the near future. We can't share too much now, but we're kind of reimagining the membership thing. But it's a great time to jump on. You get a free t-shirt, a bunch of new designs coming up. Uh, and I know... There's a new Hawks design coming soon, from what I'm told. Ooh. I was told that today. So keep your eye on that as well. So, um, yeah. Another great way to support us. So I wanted to wrap the show up talking about uh, our beloved Philip Kurashev, who ended the game on the uh, second line with whatever. I, I don't even know what the numbers are anymore. But it was uh, <laughs> with Jonathan Taves and Taylor Radish. Taves and Radish. And I, I just I, I have been so impressed with him. And I think... If you're looking for like little things to, to watch on a young player, just in general, is you'll see, and we talked we talked about this a lot with like we use the analogy, a scout told me this once about young defensemen, where it looks calm on the surface, but under the water the feet are going crazy like a duck, right? When you see a young player take an extra second, make an extra stick handle to make a better play, that shows you that the game has slowed down for them a little bit. Mm -hmm. They're not so panicked in their minds during the game. You're seeing Philip Kurashev play with a ton of confidence. Greg Boyson wrote about it today for allchgo.com. Make sure you check that out. But I, like we've been talking about like who on this team 
is going to be part of things when the Hawks are good again. I'm throwing a vote in for Philip Kurashev. I hope that they find a way to get him re-signed and part of this team long-term because I really like, look, I think he is arguably the best defensive forward on the team right now. That's valuable. Mm -hmm. He's 23 years old. He makes $750,000. He's a restricted free agent. I think it is an absolute no-brainer to get Philip Kurashev at least a three- or four-year deal and have him around for potentially when this team gets good again. Yeah, I, I think early signs this season are that he is he is turning a corner in yep. his young career, and that is absolutely uh, what you wanted to see from, from, from a guy like him. Yeah, there's not too many young players that the Blackhawks have right now that are in their system uh, in at the AHL or NHL level outside of Kershev, Reichel, as far as the forwards group goes. And yeah, I, I, I would say in, investing in Philip Kershev beyond this season uh, is, is probably the right move for the Blackhawks. I think if he continues to play at the level that he's shown in the first seven games, absolutely he is, he is part of the team. Uh, in in at least the next handful of seasons. Yeah, I just I really like what he brings. Uh, the offense is starting to catch up with the defense, and the opportunity and the trust from the coach, which is huge. And and Kirsch, I've said as much in the piece that, that Greg did today. Mm-hmm. So again, make sure you check that out at allchgo.com. We should also mention Reese Johnson getting his first game of the yeah, season, scoring him. a goal. Another moment where a young player might panic, but he was calm. Corralled the puck, made no mistake, got that goal. Not a ton of ice time for him. A lot of that was due to so many special teams in this game. But (laughs) in 5.55, that's it. That's all he played in this one. He had a goal, two shots on goal, and two hits. He was noticeable in very, very limited ice time. So who knows if that goes up as, as he gets in here for Tyler Johnson and maybe the game against Buffalo and the game against Minnesota will be a little more air quotes normal. (laughs) <laughs> in terms of penalties and things like that. But um, and in and, and just under six minutes of ice time, I thought he had a really nice game. Yeah, and, and great to see him, uh, you know, get an opportunity to get into a lineup. Um, you know, you hate to see it because of injury, but it is what it is. Uh, to be able to step in uh, and, and, and get into the game, make an impact, and make those minutes count. I think that's one of the biggest things um, that we're seeing with some of these, with these more... Uh, down the lineup players is they have the the mentality of you know make make every shift count it's 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 a cliche but um i think it's something that luke richardson uh is is trying to implement and i think it's something that the 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 team is is coming is coming around on in finding their identity is is being that hard working every shift matters 100% all the time uh mentality and and guys like like Sam Lafferty and Colin Blackwell, um, Mackenzie Entwistle, Reese Johnson is is in that category as well as as a guy who who plays that way. And uh, great to see him, you know, get into the lineup and and get rewarded with uh, you know being in the right spot uh, and getting his goal. And one more little news and note from the uh, box score here: uh, Greg was talking about uh, the goal coming for the Blackhawks defenseman on the power play, Seth Jones. Six shots on goal in this game. Uh, that's a week's worth last season from Seth Jones. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to see him being aggressive and shooting the puck. He's got a nice, heavy shot. Um, you know, just get some traffic in front and hope it gets through some. It's, it's coming. It's coming for Seth Jones, 
and I love the aggressiveness he's shown offensively. Yeah, and I, I think that that's, that's got to be something that he is making a point out of this season because it, it was something he was asked about all last season. Yep. Uh, especially as, as, as things went on um, and that, you know, that not scoring on the power play became more of a storyline. Uh, he was asked about it seemingly every day. Uh, so that's got to be something that even though it probably hasn't really been asked as, as much to start the season, it's probably something that's still on his mind. So getting to be more uh, offensively uh, aggressive is good, especially with a guy like, like Seth Jones who plays a, lot of, plays a lot of minutes and plays a lot of time against the opponent's top players. A game like this where, where you know, Jones was a, was a minus two, he's playing a lot against McDavid and yeah. Dreisaitl. So defensively... You're gonna give some. You're gonna give some of that away. With Jones, he has the ability to make up for it offensively. So you you want to see him be aggressive offensively on the power play, and and he's doing that early on. All right, it is time for our DraftKings pick of the week. I know you've done the week. honors this week, Mario. I will be doing the honors. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about the tailgate. Talked about you know the Bears being interesting. They have a. Uh, very interesting matchup this Sunday, taking on the Dallas Cowboys, who look like they uh, will potentially be with without uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Micah Parsons on on the defensive side of things for the Cowboys will be uh, banged up a little bit. So the Bears might be able to uh, take advantage of uh, Cowboys team with uh, a, a definitely less than 100% Dak Prescott. And and not having one of their their two running back options there, so that's something that I think the Bears might have an opportunity to take advantage of. So I'm looking at this game, and if you're looking for value, uh, like I usually do, I don't when I bet I don't like to take the bets that you know have a good chance of happening. I like to take the ones with the plus money, <laughs> yeah, and that right, is why right, right. I have lost most bets that yeah, I've taken. Right, but hey, fun. you gotta you know smoke them while you got them, as Troy Murray exactly says. Exactly right. Uh, so I am going to uh, go. And bet on the Bears' defense in okay. this game, which is usually is a, is a good bet. Uh, Dak Prescott is at over a half an interception is plus oh. one forty. He's got a banged up hand, and I think the uh, the you know seeing some of the highlights from the Cowboys game against the Lions, you can tell he is definitely not playing at a hundred percent with the banged up hand. Uh, so I I would uh, put a, a a shiny nickel on. Dak Prescott maybe having a, a pass sale on him or, you know, being out of sync with his receivers. It could happen, and the Bears could capitalize on it. So uh, over a half interception at plus 140. Ooh. Put that uh, put that money down there on your DraftKings app. And when you do sign up for DraftKings, use the promo code CHGO. Free money, my friends. And it is finally time to hit the ice again. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for the season of a lifetime. New users. Can bet five bucks on any team to win and get two hundred dollars in free bets when they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code CHGO and bet five bucks on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code CHGO 
at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And that leads us into our DraftKings king of the game. We're going to give it to number 88, Patrick Kane. A goal, two assists. Uh, six shots on goal officially, Stephen. I think they they added a shot on goal and twenty two sixteen of ice time for Patrick Kane. Another we talk about a ho hum four points for Connor McDavid, <laughs> a ho hum three points for Patrick Kane. In this one, uh, he is the DraftKings king of the game. He uh, he had to wait a couple of games to get his first goal, uh, but that came in the last one. And uh, Luke Richardson said uh, before Tuesday's game that maybe getting that first one will open the floodgates. Uh, Kane now with goals in back-to-back games. Uh, great to see. And, and you know, ov- obviously the Oilers went on to win the game. But the goal to tie the game for, for Kane being there at the, at the right time, right opportunity, making the most of it, and, and you know, to see the, uh, this, just the, ah, in his, in his, <laughs> yeah. in his celebration uh, after that goal, it really, you know, it, it there's only so much you can kind of read on him because he's not very uh, an expressive person, right. but on the ice he very much is. So I, I that that was something that I think was great to see to not only have that moment but to see that that like energy come out from him uh, was was fantastic and and I think that's just a, a testament to uh, a player of his uh, standing caring yeah at this at, at about this this at this point in this season and and I think that's that's a big thing uh before we wrap up Ryan points out the sharks are up on the Leafs in the third of course period. They are. and this game by the way reminded me of that game against the Leafs a couple of years ago where Kane and uh Matthews were doing the I can't hear you uh uh taunt at each other that was like a uh, yeah that was, that was a fun one crazy. this was a fun one uh, and it was a fun postgame show. So thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, like we said earlier, reminder, we are with you Saturday night and Sunday night. Both games are at 6 p.m. Saturday uh, in Buffalo, Saturday back home against the Wild. Sunday. And we'll be on after both games. So make sure you join us. Hey, if you got some Hawks fans, friends that have not uh, tuned in to CHGO yet, let them know. Word of mouth helps us out big time. And, of course, smashing that like We're button. Here. On the YouTube channel is huge, huge help as well. So thanks to everybody who joined us in the chat. Thanks to everybody who watched the YouTube. Thanks to everybody who listens on the podcast. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. Thank you to Steven for running the show. For Mario, he's right there. For Greg, who's driving home, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.